rocksection86.com. We're changing the world of podcasting one show at a time. All right, folks, welcome to another episode of The Song Inside and Out. And we have with us tonight a, a good friend. We've uh, He's been a supporter of our show for a long time, and we've been a supporter of the Pine Box Boys for a long time. It's the one and only Lester Rawl. Lester, welcome to the show. Thank you. Good to be back, buddy. It's very good. To, it's always good to talk to you. We, we, we talk about dogs. We talk about music. A little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. Well, when you say dogs, we talk about boxers. Right, right. <laughs> Yeah, we, we go ahead and eliminate all those other four-leggers and, uh, and focus on it. I, I am known to drift into the subject of French Bulldogs, since that's what, uh, you know, that's the, the canine I currently accompany. Sure. We, I, I've thought about it. I thought about it. I thought about that being the next dog we have, but I don't know. Hey, they're just a the small version of the boxer. They're, um, they're a lot less convincing as a, uh, as a watchdog. I just, <laughs> right. you know, throw that out there as a caveat. Well, uh, we we talked about having you on the show, and uh, I, I kind of cheated. Uh, we were supposed to—I was supposed to come up with four or five uh, options for songs to talk about. But uh, I was going through uh, the catalog, the Pine Box Boys catalog, and I was listening to the album *Child of Calamity*, which came out in uh, June of two thousand eight. I think it's your guys' third album, I think. That was yep. And um, uh, "Pardon Me, Ginger" was a song that kind of stuck out. Um, for me on that album um, and I thought I don't want to give him an option I think I just want to go with this one <laughs> so I kind of cheated I, I wanted to go with one that maybe wasn't one of the ones that's you know normally in the Pine Box Boys set but but true Pine Box Boys fans would uh, would know this song so um, I would say that that song actually we we performed that probably at about 80 to 85 percent of the shows oh all right you know? awesome um, yeah it used to be um you know, you, well, you can only do Mr. Skeleton or Pardon Me, Ginger, because when Dodd gets started doing his drum solo right. part in the middle, he forgets that we're around. Right. And and so, so you know, if you put two songs in the set in which uh, Dodd takes drum solos, you know, you've just given up probably about 15 minutes of the right. set. You know, and that was one of the things that, um, you know, on that song, that drum solo... The the whole song has a uh, to me has a very jazz influence. Would would you say that that's true mostly on the on the uh, drum solo? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, Dodge's a you know he's he's a huge uh, you know fan of uh, uh, Modesky Martin Wood, and that's uh, you know he cites he cites you know uh, Martin is uh, um, one of his favorite drummers and biggest influences, and his other. Big influence is uh, the little wind-up monkey with the cymbals. Right. Yeah, yeah. Those those are his two two biggest influences. So, and one of the things I was thinking about when I was listening and um, is a lot of people say, you know, I'll, I'll mention the Pine Box Boys, and they would say, well, what kind of music do they play? How when when people when people ask you, you know, you know, when you tell them that you're a musician or something, uh, how do you describe how the Pine Box Boys sound? I uh, I do tell them. Pretty quick, we're uh, we're we're rock and roll musicians masquerading as bluegrass pickers, <laughs> and uh, you know, I mean, there's there's no way anybody who knows anything about bluegrass would confuse us for actual bluegrass. You know, the presence of like if, if you know if Jason's playing with us and he's got his electric fiddle out there, and Possum is 
you know, uh, picking away on that, uh, that, that electric banjo of his and, you know, and then, and then you throw the drums in on top of it. We did just really everything we do is wrong by, uh, by the rules of bluegrass. And, uh, so, you know, yeah, we're definitely not, not, uh, pure from that. I, I would say that that's sort of like the major, like, you know, that's, that's the leaping, leaping off point. Sure. But, but from there, I mean, we, we, we're all fans of, of just so many different types of music and, uh, uh, it's one of the reasons we had to start doing the graveside quartet, you know, we had, you know, cause it was like, okay, well this stuff is just too far afield from, from the pine box boys right. that, you know, pure pine box boy fans may be like, ah, I don't want to listen to that stuff, <laughs> you know, and so go back and put the banjo on and all, you know? Sure. And, uh, and so, you know, we're like, all right, let's just make it its own separate band. Definitely. Um, so as a songwriter, uh, you you have uh, I I consider you more of a storyteller than a songwriter. Would you say that that's I mean it's one and the same I guess. But most Pine Box Boys songs uh, have a very specific story that is being told throughout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty true. <laughs> and when did you actually start writing songs for yourself? Um. You know, I mean, I, I, I made a couple of uh, abortive attempts back when I was in uh, high school. I mean, songs that were really, really were no good. Uh, really, actually, nothing that I wrote in college was any good either. And then the first songs that I started writing for a band called Cosmic Giggle Factory were, uh, they were just scratching the bottom side of awful. So I was on my way up. You were, you were, headed, you were headed in the right direction. So that would be, you know, what, like, like, uh, 90, 91, something like that. I'd say, uh, you know, probably the first time I wrote a song somewhere around that range, somewhere around 92 or so is when I wrote, uh, will you remember me? And we used to do it with, uh, with cosmic Giggle factory. And that was like the only song from my old band that I, that I brought forward into the pine box boys, uh, repertoire. Now, when you, when you started with the pine box boys, uh, did you have to change your style of writing or what you're writing about, or just it was just improving? You know what it was. It just it, I didn't even we didn't even really know what was going to happen with that. You know, uh, um, uh, Colonel Leather and I. You know, we met. He was finishing up his degree out at San Francisco State. I was getting my uh, teaching credential, and we started playing in this. Uh, uh, I, I joined the punk band that he was in called Riptopolis. And, uh, when that band, you know, I mean, all the guys in there, uh, you know, at some point started heading different directions and, you know, I mean, we, we, we had a lot of fun and they were, um, some great influences and wonderful people, you know, and, and a shout out to Maddie Berman and to Taryn, Taryn Ramich, who, uh, you know, made that such a wonderful experience. But, uh, when, when we all kind of headed our separate directions, that's when the Colonel and I were like, Oh, uh, let's do something else. Right. And so we just we started the next band from there, which was called the Zagmen. And then when the Zagmen didn't want to make ear splitting, screaming, awful noise, we uh, we would hang out over at uh, um, you know he and uh, Uncle Dodds were, were roommates, or I was to say uh, apartment mates, flatmates. I think you would call it. There's <laughs> it's a huge flat that they live in. Yeah. So we would go into Dodd's room, and he'd throw a blanket over his drums, and I'd bust out the acoustic, and Tim would bust out a little bass and a little gorilla amp, and I'd show him bluegrass tunes, and particularly the murder ballads. Sure. 
And that was the whole idea. It was just it was going to be a little side project. We were just going to play some murder ballads. But, uh, you know, along the way, I was like, oh, we're going to do this. And, you know, hey, why don't I throw a couple of originals in there? And, uh, and it, I don't know, it was the band that people came out and watched. And, uh, and so we kept, uh, I kept writing more songs like that. So it was like, you know, songwriting for me was like, okay, what's the purpose? What's the job? What am I trying to accomplish? And then I can, I can fake it from there. Sure. You know, in, in, in Pine Box Boys songs, I mean, a, a lot of artists write songs that are, uh, you know, that they have a lot of like personal experiences and such. And, and I'm hoping <laughs> that the Pine Box Boys, a lot of the Pine Box Boys songs don't necessarily come from too much personal experience because like I said, <laughs> there, there are quite a few murder ballads and such, but do you, you you um do you come up with the characters of the of the story um out of like history events or personal events and just kind of go off into whatever story you're trying to tell um not to say that some personal stuff doesn't creep in every once in a while but for the most part i i don't really get into songwriters singing about their hearts and, and how their hearts are hurting right. and, and the pain that they feel. And like, I like, like really, I don't, I don't care to know about what's going on inside you. You know, to me, a songwriter, it's like a camera. Now you, you sitting there holding the camera and doing selfies all day long. Oh, by the way, somebody, you know, the, you know, those, those poles, those little sticks that people put their, Selfie sticks. Put their cell phones. On, right? yep. Yeah. Somebody came up with this the other day. Uh, and and the, the, the greatest name for, for those things, the narcissist stick. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> anyway, I don't believe that the songwriter should be sitting around with a narcissistic taking selfies all the time. You know, you should turn your camera out on the world. Somehow, uh, uh, I trained mine on uh, on experiences of growing up in the South. Um, but but the the take I kind of took on instead of romanticizing it, why not gothicize it more? Because I always loved the murder ballads. That was that was just what you know. Mama used to always sing. She knew all of them. Um, and, uh, and so that's where I picked him up. And, and so when it kind of came time to, to write some songs for, for this band, it was like, well, man, I'm just going to draw on all those murder ballads that I grew up singing. Well, let's talk about that answers your question. No, perfectly. It answers it perfectly. Uh, let's talk about the song specifically. Um, pardon me, Ginger. Uh, how long ago did you, did you write that? The album came out in 2008, but how, how long ago did you write that song? I actually wrote that chorus long before the Pine Box Boys was even a trink a, a trinkle <laughs> a twinkle in my eye a trickle in my uh, stream. Um, I wrote that song walking my boxer Shanene around the park. You know, we live we live right by Alamo Square up there where uh, you know the painted ladies. It's that classic postcard picture of San Francisco, and that's the park that I'm at every day. And uh, and I'm I'm walking. My, my dog around and I don't know I just started you know singing the singing that chorus to myself I was like oh I ought to write that down and wrote it down and stuck it in a book and didn't think about it again for years and um, so long after the, the the Pine Box Boys you know got together um, you know if you if you take like the first record 56 it's kind of kind of a gallery the songs aren't necessarily connected together per mm-hmm. se um, but there are some different references to Willie and you know for all of the fans of the murder ballads out there uh, everybody knows you know Willie is the guy in all those songs and for some reason Willie loves her so much he has to kill her over and over again (laughs) and so I just decided Willie was going to be that character and 
Um, and then Stab gets a, you know, makes references to that and builds up that, uh, um, uh, that, that mythos a little bit more. And then the Child of Calamity, that record didn't quite come out the way it was supposed to be. It was supposed to be more of a concept record, like, like the one that we're working on right now and like, you know, Tales from the Emancipated Head. We just didn't do all of the, the connecting material and everything. And a couple of songs we left out. But, uh, but it was supposed to be kind of, it was going to tell, you know, a more complete story of Willie in which, like the other songs from the other albums, could be plugged in into the right spots. So Pardon Me, Ginger was just another, another you know, uh, Ginger's just another poor damsel that, uh, you know, that Willie snuck up on and killed. <laughs> um, you know, in the beginning of the song, you know, it kind of starts out, you know, that uh, kind of starts in a church setting, you know, talking about how she's singing in the choir. I was curious about, you know, if you had any kind of up, up uh, religious upbringing and if so, how does that shape kind of some of your music? Oh, man, three times a week, twice on Sundays, once on Wednesday, man. You know, good old Southern Church of Christ. Oh, I was there. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, you know what more, though? You know, we were we were of the, uh, the, the boring variety of uh, Southern Protestantism, you know. Uh, uh, just basically, you know, the, the churches there are uh, rather sparsely appointed and you know not not a you know no iconography no fancy you know a dais and and all that kind of stuff you know maybe some of the ladies might put some flowers in a vase and you know have them someplace out in there but really kind of just very spartan environments and um and uh then you'd have friends that you know went to those churches where people would speak in tongues or maybe they'd be healing going on or uh, or or some of the southern black congregations where you know they could really you'd get someplace and be like oh my gosh this is what singing is that's <laughs> right. a melody you know and and you know you'd never been exposed to that before um and uh, we didn't we didn't allow instruments in our church you know so i was more fascinated with you know because i think you kind of are when you're a kid you're more fascinated with everything that's not what you do right right at least I was, you know, I like, I like the other churches better. And, uh, and so, uh, I'm far more fascinated with, with snake handlers, you know, with, with Pentecostals, um, with people who can get their, uh, you know, get a good, serious glory fit on. Right. Mm. You know, <laughs> you didn't have glory fits in the church of Christ. That would be an embarrassment. Right. <laughs> So, do you think shocking? People would talk about it for years. You remember that? Oh yeah, yeah. The Holy Spirit got inside of him. I know. Wasn't he embarrassed? Oh, we all were. (laughs) So, do you think that? I mean, that experience and you know, living in the South, growing up in the South, uh, obviously those those have big influences on the 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 sculpting of your songs. Would you agree? Mm -hmm. Oh sure. Yeah, I don't know. I, I. I'm not saying you couldn't, because I know people from. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know that it has to be southern as much as uh, as, as rural. Sure. You know, because I mean, at, at this point, you know, I mean, we know the band. You know, we talk about bands all day long that come from different places, but still, you know, somehow nail that vibe pretty well. But they've got a connection to something a bit more rural or a bit more, you know, country. Um, so, so it's not, it, yeah, it doesn't have to be just the South, per se. And I say that for any songwriters out there that want to write this kind of stuff, and they're like, but darn it, I live in the middle of New York City. <laughs> write it anyway. You'll have your own take on it. It'll be awesome. 
what is um what is uh the biggest piece of uh I, I guess if if you if you were talking to a young songwriter starting out, what was the what would be the one piece of advice you would you would give a songwriter? Uh, read all the time, uh, and 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 a variety of stuff. You know, read expository text. Read you know, sit around and fish stuff out of you know. Uh, Go through all the hyperlinks. When you look up something that fascinates you on uh, on Wikipedia, click those little blue words. You know, follow the the, the trail. See where it'll lead you because you know you're going to find stuff and jot down. Take notes. Uh, you're going to find stuff. You're going to be like, oh, that'll fit into a song someday. And just keep a ton of notebooks. Read all the time and read poetry. Uh, and I'd say the two things and I'd tell you to read: read William Faulkner. Endlessly read William Faulkner and read the King James Bible because that's uh, uh, particularly, particularly disturbing um, in, in a lot of passages and beautiful language. You know, I mean, you, you really can't beat Faulkner, Willie the Shake, you know, uh, uh, the King James Bible. I'd say any, like Melville also, uh, you know, sink into that. Read Moby Dick again if, uh, if you've read it once. Uh, read it for the first time if you've never read it. There you it. go. Um, but, but reading, I mean, because you know, as long as you're as long as you're paying attention to you know what's what's going on in the world around you, then all you're doing is you're you're you know you're throwing more fuel in there by just giving yourself more words, more arrangements, more uh, uh, rhythms. You know, read, read, read. And from the 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 musical side of it, what what are what are the chords for? Uh, pardon me, Ginger. So uh, if you're sitting around playing that, really, you know, it's uh, the, the main vamp is on a G minor. And, you know, it's just, uh, um, you know, it's just going back and forth, you know, just that, uh, uh, just the, the, the two notes there, you know, just basically two notes out of the G minor chord. Um, when it gets good, it's a, it's a G minor and well, a C minor and a D7, you know, and just uh, those three chords and follow along and put them in the right order. There you or you're fired. <laughs> or you're fired. <laughs> so, do you normally come up with the songs? Then the music comes, follows. Do you? I mean, does the does the band? You know, do you bring the do you bring the songs to the band and you come up with the music, or, or do you have it in your head, kind of as you're writing the songs? Um, I don't. I usually have the song pretty well worked out by the time I bring it into uh, the rehearsal space. So now, as far as like you know, the moment of of making a song, uh, man, you you just don't know what's going to trigger it. I mean, is it the guitar first? Is it some words you came up with? Now, like I said, with with "Pardon Me, Ginger," that that chorus sat in a book and was ignored for many years. And I was, you know, and I love that. That's that's the reason I said earlier, you know, keep keep notebooks and just all the time. Write it, write it, write, write, write. You know, as you're reading and you come up with something interesting, write it, put it in there. Make sure you're putting quotes on there and you're citing your source so you don't accidentally fall into the trap of plagiarizing everybody. <laughs> but, you know, keep these notebooks and then pull those things out every once in a while and flip through them. And that's what happened. I came across that chorus. Pardon me, Ginger, if I'm barging in. And I was just like, I read through that and I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, that was a good chorus, you know. And and so from there, you know, I just I sat down with the guitar and, you know, and... Uh, it kind of wrote itself. Yeah, the song itself, it's not, it's not like it's particularly difficult to play. Uh, and, and I wouldn't say many of the, the Pine Box Boys songs are. They're more interesting, you know, in conception, and, and I think being there to get to hear them played live. 
you know, it's it's not rocket science. <laughs> You're too modest. Well, I, I, one of my final questions is, you know, I, the 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 murder ballads we we discussed. You know, I wonder, does your wife ever just kind of get nervous when you bring her a new, you know, when you bring out a new song and you're like, hey, listen to this, and and does she ever just kind of go, I don't know. <laughs> She, she made it very clear early on, you know, Lester, if anything ever happens to me, you know your songs will be used as incriminating evidence against you. Right. You, you're... Uh, but, uh, but, you know what, uh, she she actually really loves the stuff and gets into it, you know. Um, but I think uh, from that same record, uh, Don't Ask Me to Stop was the one that probably disturbed her the most. <laughs> You know, I mean, to have the, the killer basically say, yeah, um, don't ask me to stop. Right. I was going to say, so, you know, what is coming up for the Pine Box Boys, for, you know, the solo, for the uh, Graveside Quartet? What What is going on in your camp? Well, um, we have uh, finished the basic tracks for the Feast of Three Arms, which um, uh, kind of, uh, uh, you know, part of, Part of this whole little gothic southern world that you know it made up, but uh, but this is um, this is taking a piece from uh, from the song '56 and spinning it out, but also is built on uh, on some songs from the very earliest incarnation of the Pine Box Boys. Uh, three songs from the from the uh, from the old set that um, we never recorded. You know, we played them in live. They were pretty important parts of the set back in you know. You know, the first couple of years, and then in um, uh, I guess it was about 2008, uh, we were we were in Europe for a really really long time, and a lot of the time when you know uh, during the day, I mean you know the Benelux is the size of a postage stamp, right? You know, so you'd be driving to places and then coming back to the same house at night. So I just sit at that house all day long and just started writing writing these this other set of songs, and uh, it kind of takes uh, you know. Uh, the, the the preacher, you know, that uh, is referred to in um, in Fifty uh, Six Arkansas, you know, is is of course Prester John, and this is uh, this is where Prester John goes when the uh, when the, uh, the the tornado takes him away, and yeah, it's another story record. Uh, you know, it's either going to be cool or it's you know going to be a big flop. I mean, you know. Considering you know my uh, financial successes so far on my CDs, I uh, I'm leaning towards flop. Oh. But but we really like the songs. We really love you know where the album's going. I think this is going to be a be a good one. Um, the the whole thing that we're building up towards, we started playing around with it. You know when we did our our, our tour in the south over the summer, which is the uh, the Holland and Holland's Mortuary Entertainment Hour, <laughs> and uh, you know we kind of want to be sort of a little you know, traveling show, so we can do Pine Box Boys and Graveside Quartet and fit in, you know, whoever's on the road, you know, having fun with us. We'll actually be doing that um, uh, a bit on, uh, on the day before Halloween when we play at the, the Booze Fighters uh, Motorcycle Club and then at um, uh, Six Rivers Brewery on Halloween night. So both of those will be sort of Holland's and Holland's Mortuary Entertainment Hours. Do you have an idea of? They're when... a lot longer than an hour, by the way. Right. A, you know, it's, we just say hour because it sounds what well, what you would say, but it's much longer than an hour. Do you have an idea when that album will be ready and re-released? Well, 
Uh, yeah, because I have a deadline. <laughs> we, uh, you know, we'll be back out in uh, uh, in Europe in April, and uh, and so we're we're shooting to have the album out by March. Awesome, awesome. Oh yeah, it's, 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 uh, it's gonna happen. Definitely have to look forward to that because you know the the boys. You know, we've talked about it quite a few times when we've talked. My my boys love Tales from the Emancipated Head. <laughs> they've they've done videos for them. You know they 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 oh they've s- done some classic videos <laughs> and those uh, are great. It's it's funny because you know I it, it's a it's you know what I'm we have me and my son have a lot of driving time together uh, because he lives so uh-huh. far away and you know when you say hey what do you you know you want to listen to music. You know when he specifically says yes, I want to listen to Pine Box Boys. That that's always a, 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 a good feeling. You know it's it's pretty cool. It is for me, and uh, you know I, I I love the fact that you know I mean, it proves it validates everything I think about children, um, <laughs> which is that deep down they're evil, and we teach them not to be. You right. know, but but every single one of them, you know, does contemplate like, you know, I could I could push him down the stairs. <laughs> You know, I know I'm little, but you know, with the right angle, right? You know, they leave their skateboards out in uh, in our way on purpose. <laughs> exactly. And uh, and so you know, <laughs> and I you know just put in another plug for the graveside quartet. Well, I'm mad as I mean, you know, the whole idea of that album was actually you know uh, fans of the Pine Box Boys kept having babies, and we always joked about doing a children's record, and so I love that you know. We do a children's record, and, and it's you know it's 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 a bad idea to play it for your children. <laughs> well, they, it's not it's not it's not good for them. It's called Lester T. Raw's Gravesite Quartet sings your children to sleep. I mean, <laughs> everything about it is disturbing. The when they when they hear teddy bears have teeth, they 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 sing loud and proud. And and what you know? It's, oh man, I can't wait to meet your kid someday. Well, you know the the funny thing is, is you know when we first heard it, Molly's like, we can't play that for them. They you know because they have you know, a room, <laughs> they have a room full of you know teddy bears, and I was like, well, let's see what happens. And we play it, and they you know they just instantly were like, yes, that is awesome. Oh, that's great. Because actually, you know, Nigel Paveo, who uh, produced it, uh, his it, it it caused his daughters to have some uh, some nightmares. For a while after, they love it now, and they they, they sing it and everything. But uh, but the youngest one in particular had trouble sleeping with her teddy bears after that. <laughs> then your then your job is done, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. I've done what I was put on earth to do. All right, Lester, thank you, thank you very much. It's always a pleasure talking to you, um, and we look forward to the new album. And it, it it's always good to, to to get a call, a text message from you saying to call you because uh, it's it's always a good time. Right on. Uh, good talking to you, Blake, and uh, best to everybody over there. Scratch that boxer behind the ears. Def- well, I have to. She just shoves her face in. You know, she 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 doesn't have any ba- she doesn't have any personal boundaries. You know, today I was sitting at home. The boxers don't have that. Oh no, today and, and they don't play good nurses. Um, I would you know in bed sick all day, and, and you know if she wants something, she's gonna pounce on your face until you get up and do it, no matter how bad you feel. Does she do the whine? Oh yeah, they do like 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 yeah that that kind of high pitch. I'm just sitting here, but don't forget. Right. Here. Yeah. That's at any, a good sound. At any that's time, really I can. Sound. At any time, I'm going to disturb you whenever I'm ready. Yep. Yep. All right, buddy. Well, thanks again, and uh, we'll we'll talk soon. All right, bud. Be well now. It's getting late. 
getting colder. You at the church, you holy roller. When you sing, your voice inspires. You're the best one in the choir. The other voices, they are monsters. You're an angel, they are monsters. And now you're leaving, and now I follow to your cabin down in the holler. There's a latch, but you forget it. You go to bed, but he ain't home yet. And so you're sitting, your candle burning. When I get to the door, your head is turning. And parking, gender, and barging in, but there's trouble down at the cottage. And boy, you love it, it won't be coming back again. You may be lonely now, but maybe I could be your friend. How do you do it? You so stoic. I saw the mess, and it was tragic. Dead or wailing, you will be owing. If you don't get them tears are flowing, you too proud to let me see it. And I'll be here when you need it. Cause I won't go, I won't believe it. It wouldn't be Christian with you grieving. What was that prayer that you quoted? His daddy's gun, does he keep it loaded? I don't pull that trigger, there ain't no hurry. And once again, I'm truly sorry. And partly gender and margin in, but they're troubled down at Midnight, and you ain't shot me. I must have did right. But if I'm quiet, and if I listen, I hear your heart sound like a piston. If you're gonna do it, go on, pull that trigger. This love inside is getting bigger. And parking, get your parking in, but there's trouble down at Cottonwood. And boy, you love it, won't be coming back. Are you a blogger or a podcaster or you're just not happy with your web hosts? You need to check out HostGator.com. You're going to find web hosting made easy 
and affordable. HostGator offers unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, one-click script installs with a free site builder and the best control panel out there. Stop by today and try free demo to see how easy it is. And if you use a special coupon code, section 8686, you'll save 25% off your web hosting packages. What do you got to lose? Check out HostGator.com and take a bite of your web hosting costs.